working our tails off out here. Six extended double. minutes. The three on the salsa by Drake. There it is. He's got it. Frederico! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your first post-All-Star break. Falling in the six, this is KJ, and with me, as always, I've got Varel. Varel, how was your All-Star break? It's a week away from competitive basketball, but we got some uh, we got some highlights for, for, the, for the viewers, don't we? Yeah, for sure, and uh, your very own All-Stars also took a break. You know, me, me and Kamel, we took it easy. You know, we've had an exhausting schedule as, of, as the players have up till now, you know, at this point of the season, so... I think we also took a well-deserved holiday as well. Yeah, no, I mean, episode-wise, we've had quite a light 2020, but we've actually had a very successful 2020. So uh, also just a quick shout-out to all our new listeners who we've got. I think um, the episode before our last was one of our highest uh, ever-listened episodes. Uh, so welcome to all the new listeners. And uh, yeah, I hope you stick with us throughout this uh, all-star analysis. Um, so last episode, actually, we discussed the starters uh, who got snubbed, who deserved to be in the All-Star break. And, of course, we've now actually seen the result of it. Uh, firstly, what did you think of Adam Silver, a.k.a. the People's Commissioner? What did you think of his um, re- reforms to the game itself, the, especially the last quarter, you know, both teams having to reach 24 above the highest team score? It was very complicated rules, but I think everyone sort of got it in the end. What did you think of those reforms? It made it made it more entertaining spectacle? Um, I don't know quite what to say. I mean, um, the biggest thing for me was the fact that the draft was continued because, of course, that was very entertaining last year. And um, I'm just glad to see that back. Well, what did Um, you think of, um, to bring it back to Toronto, what did you think of the draft, Giannis picking both Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam? Is that a sign of things to come or...? uh, too, too I mean, soon? We, we discussed this, but uh, he he pretty much picked... It, it pretty much went with East and West, didn't it? For like the first... Yeah, for the starters at least, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very strange. But um, I don't know. I don't really read too much into that. I think it's, it, it's more about camaraderie and friendship uh, when it comes to those kind of picks. They're not really worried about too much about who the best player is. But what I found a bit confusing, I hope you can maybe... Um, enlightened me and maybe some of the viewers was uh what was what exactly was the purpose behind having quarters uh won and drawn like what was the idea behind that well firstly i guess it was for the charities right for each uh quarter someone won a hundred thousand was donated to the charities and another nice sort of point that was in there was that uh the actual children from the charities were present at the game so (laughs) the sort of the likes of giannis couldn't sort of muck about as they've done in the past. I'm sure we all remember, like, Steph Curry lying on the floor uh, when he sees LeBron coming to dunk on him in the All-Star game. There's none of that in this game. There was none of that in this game because you don't want to disappoint those those kids uh, by giving up an easy yes. layup, do you? So, it's, it's almost quite cruel, isn't it? It's, it's sort of guilting the players in, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, look at it, look at the puppy eyes, you know? You're enjoying yourself, are you? Well... Uh, look at look at her enjoy her leukemia. Uh, what do you think about oh, that? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, wow. is, it is it is what basically happened. Yeah, it's, it was quite strange. But um, I, well, I, to be honest, I didn't I didn't quite like the uh, 
the fact that it went to like uh, an eventual points total, I, I think I'd rather it would just stick to like a normal basketball game. And, well, uh, yeah, well, it finished on a. Well, the only problem was it finished on a free throw. I mean, if you watch the final quarter, I think it was one of the best All Star quarters we've ever had in history. Because you know that everyone was playing defense, everyone was hustling. Kyle Lowry was drawing charges. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's when it gave serious when Carl. That's when it's serious. Yeah, it was. One, I mean, yeah. he was. He drew a charge from LeBron uh, and Kawhi. So <laughs> fantastic, really fantastic to see. Um, but yeah, no. I, I, apart from the fact that it finished on a free throw, I think sort of the points total, like. Okay, this team you have to score thirty-seven, and this team you have to score twenty-four. Uh, sorry, thirty-three and twenty-four. Um, it was just almost a race to race to an end. It's like a like a sprinter's race in the end, rather than someone sort of just rather than dribbling out the shot clock if someone loses at the end of twelve minutes. You know, it's almost like uh, a game 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 to five, like you know, in the local park. That's what yeah, it exactly. felt like. Yeah, it's not ending with time. It's not ending with people dribbling out. It's just it's literally ending on a shot, yeah. ending on a buzzer beater, literally. Yeah, um, perfect. So uh, in the All Star game, uh, Siakam had a good time. Uh, Lowry as well. He was blamed a little bit. He had a good time. And of course, Nick Nurse. He did end up on the losing side, but uh, it was nice to see him and the Toronto team get a run out, a deserved run out, after managing to wrestle second place in the East, just ahead of Miami. Um, hmm. Was there any? I guess it's weird to kind of ask for standout performances in an All Star game because. You know, these guys are there for a reason and they're not exactly playing their hardest in the most competitive atmosphere. But was there any sort of highlight plays that you saw coming? Um, you know, obviously we didn't have the likes of Zion there. We didn't have a few injured players, Curry, Kyrie, etc. But uh, it was still a, quite a good showing on the floor. Was there any highlights for you? I'm going to deflect that sh- question straight back to you, Kamal. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Lowry drawing charges. <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty much mine. But also, also, Giannis's block on LeBron, and I'm calling it a block because it was called a goaltend. But um, I think those who view the slow motion know that they just didn't want. Was to it? Do it. I, I thought it was given. It was given as a no. It was given as a goaltend in the end. Oh, was it? Oh, are, are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, I'm putting my I'm putting my integrity on the line, and saying yeah. Ah, but um, even then, it was but... it was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, he was at, genuinely so far away from LeBron, and the fact that he even got close really shows, I think, the disparity in athleticism that there is now between the two. Um, and it shows, he... and it shows how good a final series would be. Imagine them going up against each other seven games. Oh, man. It'd be brilliant. Yeah. They only play twice a season now, obviously, uh, but seven games of those two, phew, that'd be brilliant. I, I mean, it was almost slightly memorable of uh, LeBron's. Chase down on uh, Andre Iguodala. Um, I mean, I would say that's a bit iconic, but uh, yeah, I, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, uh, for um, sure, that was definitely a highlight. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, we'll start. We saw the Rising Stars game, of course. Terrence no, Davis. Kamel, it was originally ruled a goaltend, but then ah, and then it was so... reversed. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I'm glad it was the right decision in the end. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And and you know, they didn't they didn't protect LeBron. They didn't protect LeBron. Um. Otherwise, in the All-Star game, we saw the Rising Stars game. Terence Davis was snubbed from that. Um, you know, I think that's fair to say. Uh, he was better than at least a couple of players who got in that. Maybe it's just his undrafted status that denied him a position. Yeah, maybe maybe also his stats weren't quite up to scratch. But, um, I, I mean, I've said this about the... Um, not, not just the All-Star game. It would apply to the Rising Stars. Like it's, It shouldn't purely be like points per game. I mean, Terence Davis is... 
Um, it's not just about his stats. Like he's he's performed at a very high level. Um, like his field goal percentage, three point percentage, his defense. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's completely true. Um, and otherwise, I guess uh, the dunk contest. Now Toronto haven't had many people in the dunk contest and proved again the case this year since Vince Carter. Um, but I think yeah. Aaron Gordon. Uh, now the Magic aren't the most particularly inspiring team to play. Aaron Gordon dunking is something else. I don't know where he comes up with the ideas, and I don't know how the hell he comes up with that execution. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely really. phenomenal, isn't it? And I think uh, it's yeah. been discussed before, but he fully deserved to win. Credit to Derek Jones Jr., but bloody hell, Aaron Gordon was good. And it's a shame we're not going to see him next year. Is there anyone in Toronto you could see participating in the dunk contest? Oh, sorry, we've had Terrence Ross before. I forgot to mention T. Ross, but... Uh, is there anyone in this current ah. team you see? I mean, who who has those kind of hops? I, I don't Fred think... Fred Van Vliet? <laughs> really? You think so? <laughs> I don't think he can... Come on, I don't think he's done formally. No, he can't do a normal two-handed one, so... <laughs> there we go. I, I don't think so. I was like, I was just thinking, did this guy have like Nate Robertson start a type hops? No, he doesn't. Um, I think maybe maybe Siakam. Siakam has athleticism, but I'm not sure if he has this style. Yeah, but uh, do you see him like? No, I, d- I actually don't think he's got like that amazing a vertical to be honest. Um, like his wingspan's obviously like fantastic. Um, yeah, Siakam's probably the only possibility, but I I'm not sure if he has like the dexterity, you know, to get it between his legs and all that. But yeah, potentially. Now, when it comes to the dunk contest, I think a simple fix would perhaps be for each of the judges to actually mark it out of 100. Because, um, or, or indeed, let, let's say like 9.5, 9.6. Because uh, I think one of the complaints people had was uh, the gap between a 9 and a 10 just... Uh, it, it just seems too narrow. Like... Um, 10 can either be something spectacular and out of this world or just a very good dunk and I think uh, if the scoring system is going to be so skewed that even like a very average dunk is an 8 out of 10 then potentially the best solution to that rather than asking the judges to say uh, be a bit more harsh with their scoring would instead be for them to give decimal points and I know that might complicate matters but I think at the same time that would give like the fairest overall picture and it's kind of akin to something you would see in like uh, ice skating or like um, gymnastics like it's a similar type of scoring system so uh, is that something you think uh, it's a good idea for uh, for it to be in- implemented in the future Kamel? Yeah because uh, essentially you're giving every dunk 50 and then you're giving uh Aaron Gordon dunking over Taco Fall of 49 for some reason. Uh, but I know he didn't quite make it. I, uh, what, what was that about? Dunking over a 7 foot 5. But, you know, that was very strange. That was very strange. I mean, I think they would... You know what I heard afterwards? My sources sort of told me that they were actually meant to take Aaron Gordon v. Derek Jones Jr. to an overtime. They were meant to get a draw, the judges. But apparently one of the judges messed up. And <laughs> it was almost accidentally what? gave Derek Jones Jr. a regular time win. Right. It's strange. I know it's strange. That just takes away from the integrity of the competition, then, doesn't it? If that's got any truth to it. I mean, the fair, all-star, all-star uh, season is sort of not. I wouldn't say it's fixed, but I mean, it's a bit of fun at the end of the day. And uh, if you just want to see more dunks from them to them too, then you may as well give it, 
you may as well give it a um a run out to be honest so i i i, I don't see a problem with that i don't see a problem with that what I about the um what about the three point conspiracy so sorry, Kamel. Just to, just to make one last comment there. I think Please. one potential non-conspiracy uh, co- uh, like analysis of that situation would be that it did seem as though Taco kind of stepped forward, and that maybe he had to bend down for Aaron Gordon to get completely over him. But when I actually saw the replay of it, it was him, his uh, let's say his uh, <laughs> uh, groin area. Um, in fact, <laughs> they, let's say they. It, that area brushed against Taco's hands because Taco's hands were actually above his head. So he was actually taller. Okay, this is, this is getting pretty sus. It's getting pretty sus. <laughs> yes. I think we should move on. <laughs> I mean, the video is out there. So if uh, anyone, you know, is looking for like some late evening entertainment, please uh, go ahead. But uh, uh, perhaps uh, that was maybe the reason behind it was it did seem as though Taco had to kind of lean uh, forward, but nonetheless, uh, it was still an absurd dunk. Yep, yep. Um, three point contest. Buddy Heald turned out the victor. Did he? If so, how? <laughs> and how does it matter? And does it? And does it actually matter? Or does it actually matter? Damn. I, uh, those of you who watched the um, Raptors Suns game uh, yesterday, they did actually a three point contest for. Um, for these uh, young girl players who um, and 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 they sort of got they got I don't think one of them got double digits but it was pretty good and I don't think um, I think with a bit of practice any sort of player can participate in the three point contest. Varal as a uh, D two player yourself, I'm sure you I'm sure you've had many a uh, many a time where you've uh, hit regular hit double digits with regularity in that sort of oh, contest. Easily, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm disappointed, frankly, if I don't hit double digits. But uh, in terms of this contest, uh. There was one nice addition, Kamel. So they shot from, I'd say, like 30 feet away. There was like this green zone, and that was actually worth three points. Sorry, um, the Mountain Dew zone. Yes, the Mountain Dew zone, yes. Uh, so that was, I thought that was awesome. Um, like, we, like, going into it, we thought maybe Trey Young would just decide to take all the three points from there. But um, unfortunately, he was eliminated uh, straight away in the first round. And uh, yeah, I think it was. It, it was a very high standard this year. Um, uh, they got one minute and ten seconds due to those uh, Mountain Dew shots, but uh, yeah, it was. I think it was enjoyable to watch, and um, it'll be cool if they keep that like Mountain Dew zone in the future. Yeah. I think well, I guess that's that... really deep. Only like, that's all we need to say about that to wrap it up. Yeah, well, I guess it also reminded us how much we miss Steph Curry. I think even uh, opponents, of course, the Raptors were sort of tortured by him in the finals, but. We all miss Steph Curry, and uh, that three-point contest reminded us exactly why. Imagine him pulling up from the yeah. Mountain Dew zones. Yeah, 100%. We, him against Clay, that's what we're waiting for again. Yeah. yeah. So both before and after the All-Star break, the Raptors actually were in action. You might not know this from the content of the episode so far, but they actually completed a 15-game winning streak, the highest the city has ever had in any sport, whether it be hockey, whether it be uh, baseball, you know, uh, football. In, I, I'm not sure about the CFR myself, the Argonauts are in a sort of league of their own. Um, but completed that, 
They unfortunately ended it against the Brooklyn Nets. I think it was a tired loss. I mean, it would have been nice to see a 16-game win streak going into the All-Star break. Uh, but, you know, they lost it in the Brooklyn Nets. But the main game I want to talk about is last night against the Phoenix Suns. Varel, uh, you perused the West a little more than me. Uh, the Suns this year, they haven't been as bad as records suggest. Have they? They, they, they? they do have talent and uh, it's just some close games that have sort of put them on the wrong end of the table. Is that right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, that, I completely agree with that. I mean, uh, we said this going into the season, but genuinely the West has, I would say, 13 excellent teams, as ridiculous as that sounds, or at least 13 And the Suns are that, one of them? Yeah, I, I would say so. Teams that are capable of excellence and really capable of beating anyone on their night. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Suns, they were they were particularly strong early on in the season. Uh, Baines got injured and, you know, he was kind of a revelation for them early on in the season. And uh, they've kind of been on a slide since then. But um, yeah, I think uh, I completely agree with what, uh, your sentiment that they are um, definitely not as pause, say like a an average 12th or 13th seed would be in previous seasons. Yeah, I guess there's a gap between the likes of them and maybe someone like the Timberwolves and the Cavs and, and those sort of teams, bottom, real, real bottom yeah. feeder teams. Yeah. Um, and they sort of showed it yesterday. I mean, Raptors took a big early 22-point lead uh, going into the third. But the third quarter, uh, the Suns dropped 36 points and limited the Raptors to the early 20s and really bought the game within five points there. It was almost it was a risk, and then fourth quarter, the Raptors class showed. Um, as you might have heard at the start of, start of the episode, it led to Drake uh, call, giving Fred VanVleet a new nickname. Do you know what that was, Pharrell? If I had to guess, um, yeah, I don't know. Drake is very unoriginal, so I'd well, like he he'll put, he uh, he put on his best Latin accent and uh, called him Frederico. So. Uh, as soon as he drained, drained quite a crucial three. Uh, as you might have heard at the start of the, on the clip at the start. What of the does episode. that mean, Frederico? He just, Frederico, Fred Van Vliet. Frederico. Well, why listen, is that smart? Man. Why is that zany or like No one knows that. Well, listen, Drake is a, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to insult him on this podcast because we know we do get Canadian listeners. <laughs> so, uh, we, we'll, we'll avoid any Drake's slander here. Uh, make of him what you will. Make of him what you will. Um, Siakam dropped 37 points. This was a well-rested Siakam. That's the important thing. He was not rushed back from injury, but he was sort of thrown into the mixer as quite a crucial player. He started instantly as soon as he was back from injury, playing in the upper echelons of the 30 minutes. And uh, before the All-Star break, especially against the next, he was looking very tired. But you know what? A week off, uh, an All-Star game where he played with some of the best players and uh, performed in the All-Star game, of course, uh, and suddenly he's back. He's back with 37 points, 12 rebounds, and three blocks and three assists to go with that. So very, very happy days for Siakam. And it's all looking all looking good on the Western front, or the Eastern front, should we say, for the Raptors going forward. Uh, still second in the division. Um, again, we talked about before the All-Star break, you've got to watch for the chasing pack, Miami, especially especially with the introduction of Andre Iguodala. Uh, but going forward, going forward, I see no problems, and I think the inclusion of those two players, Lowry and Siakam, in the All Star game, the 
probably what should have been the inclusion of Terence Davis in the Rising Stars game. I think you've got that, plus you've got a lot of players, and a lot of players who Raptors writers like Blake Murphy call just PGP, pretty good players. They got 10 or so pretty good players. Yeah, it's no all about depth, depth, isn't it, with the team? All about depth, and uh, yesterday you could see they ran a strict eight-man rotation. There wasn't even space for the likes of Matt Thomas, uh, which is a surprise. Any yes. other team, of course, he'd be, he'd be starting and, and dishing and diming and, and scoring probably 30 a game. No space for him in the Raptors lineup. Uh, we got Gasol and Norman Powell coming back. And everything's looking rosy. Let's hope it stays that way until the next podcast. And uh, I think with that, Varad, unless, unless you have anything to plug, anything to shout out, anything yeah, to do... Yeah, I, I, I definitely do. I definitely do. Oh, excuse so, me. Yes, okay, go ahead. Um, I'd like to say just a brief comment. Just uh, I, This is for people really to check out themselves, but um, the Raptors' defence has been revolutionary. Um, I think... The, what have you noticed last few games? Uh, just it, it was over their winning streak, uh, winning streak really. But um, I mean, the utilize, utilization of this zone defense has been absolutely phenomenal, and they've actually run like a three-two zone. So typically, if you say look at uh, Miami Heat or other teams in the league who are using the zone, it's more of a two-three zone. Uh, so they'd have two guards and two forwards and a center type player. Um, however, with the Raptors, uh, they have a 3-2 zone, which means uh, two those two guards on the wings can easily drop down to the corner three. And the person who's actually at the very top of that zone defense is Pascal Siakam, of all people. And <laughs> he's almost like, he almost acts as this sort of... Um, so somebody from like Space Jam, you know, one of those aliens with like the long limbs. Like it's, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's ah, oh, it's it's unbelievable to watch. It, it reminded me of when um, who was that six foot uh, eight player who you know who comes off the bench for the Raps? Um, uh, Chris Boucher. Boucher. Bonjour. Yeah, when Boucher had that unbelievable performance where they were playing like the full court press, like it was yeah against Dallas. Yeah, the thirty point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, Siakam's play there has been has been reminiscent of that. But when it comes to that zone defense, it's how flexibly Toronto have switched between that and man defense. Um, even within the same possession, it's really been beautiful to watch. And I think if anyone wants to see like a full analysis slash breakdown of that, uh, check out Beeble Breakdown uh, quality uh, YouTube content that uh, Coach. Just, uh, just know that they, are, they aren't sponsoring us. They aren't sponsoring. Us. Uh, they, they aren't, they aren't but, uh, if they do us, want to, but, um, we'll happily chat them out. <laughs> we, we all uh, willingly take that. But um, one last question I actually had, Kamel. Uh, when it comes to... Please. You know, there have been, been a couple of uh, player buyouts. and uh, Oh, yes. You know, We're about to end with this, yes. Yes, and I, I, was, I basically wanted to ask you, like... Um, due to the fact that, you know, there are a couple of players have now gone off the market, uh, A... Are there any players who uh, potentially stand out for you? And B, uh, if you don't have an answer for that, um, what type of player do you think uh, could benefit the Raptors, say, one more addition to this uh, squad? Are you talking about current players who are available right now? Um, well, that's the issue because, uh, you know, it, it would really require buyouts, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, so uh, it would be hard for us to predict. 
So yeah, I guess the better question would to answer would be what type of player do you think the Raps could uh, utilize? Well, it's weird because where you look go through the roster and you seem to have a player of every single type in the Raptors team, right? You have little, quick playmaking ball handlers in Lowry and Van Vliet, as well as three-point shooters. You have slashers, strong slashers in Norm. You have defenders in OG uh, and Hollis Jefferson, even Stanley Johnson when he needs to. You have three-point shooters in Matt Thomas. You have stretch fours in Siakam. You have a player who can play four or five in Ibaka. You have a playmaking center in Gasol. Uh, yeah, you know, you, I, I could I could carry on for this for for a long time. But you sort of have a player. <laughs> it does every, sound like that. Yeah, I can play it every time. I would say maybe a taller point guard, um, the likes of Delon Wright, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Jamal Murray. Um, the sort of taller. <laughs> Jamal Murray. Do you, think, <laughs> do you reckon we could just slip in a Jamal Murray into that team? Of <laughs> course, of course. I understand your point. But no, maybe a taller point guard because you know we are likely to face the likes of. Philly in the playoffs and I know you can handle Ben yeah. Simmons but uh, Ben Simmons they, they, Philly are a different outfit to last year it's not the same matchups which succeeded last year for the Raptors and uh, especially no Kawhi now um, I just think for a matchup against Philly uh, I'm not sure if the Raptors are just too small I know we've played very well in the games against them uh, winning 2-1 and one currently uh, but yeah. Raptors seem too small I mean you got a floor of backcourt of Van Vliet and Lowry 6 Put one and five foot eleven against uh, a backcourt of maybe Simmons and they haven't got JJ Redick anymore. They've got someone like Matthias Tybull or even Tobias Harris into there or something like that. Uh, a huge backcourt essentially. Um, well, the thing is, they that... haven't been playing Horford and Embiid alongside each other. They've almost exclusively been playing um, with. Well, in fact, well, part of uh, the issue with. The Sixers, Hall Horford hasn't been having a great season, and you know, uh, they, people talked about his flexibility and how he could just uh, slip into that role, maybe as a power forward in that team. And so, perhaps I would say maybe they wouldn't quite have the length that you would imagine they would have. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think the fact that we are sort of looking for a type of player that the Raps need, as I said, shows the versatility that they already do have. Uh, a lot of pretty good players, as we've sort of seen. Um, saying that, one player you would sort of like is um, maybe when Lowry goes or something, is sort of a Lonzo Ball type of character, right? A tall, uh, athletic playmaker. Uh, as I said, a shy, jealous Alexander. Even even getting someone like DeLon White back. Um, someone who has length, someone who can defend uh, the two and three position but also someone who can play make as well because uh, the likes of Lowry and Gasol are obviously coming to an end the end of the season but I guess when you're focusing on this these playoffs specifically I actually think the Raptors are fully equipped for where they need to be because there's no chance of them getting a superstar mm-hmm. but you know yes, someone like yes, OG exactly, exactly. so I, I don't think I don't think and I don't think you've seen the Raptors final form in terms of what they need actually being utilised you know you haven't seen the Raptors really needing a three point shooter yet because we haven't seen Matt Thomas in action too much not just that I mean the Raptors have been one of the best three point shooting teams I mean that's something uh, we've said and potentially um, adding to your point I think uh, just to round things off I'd say maybe uh, another player who um, 
can get those uh, offensive and defensive rebounds. I mean, despite uh, the addition of R- Rondé Hollis Jefferson into the rotation, who's definitely helped out on that front, uh, the Raptors are still struggling when it comes to rebounding. So, uh, potentially like a guard slash uh, forward who could rebound. And in fact, I believe um, Marquise Morris has been um, part of uh, these discussions. I mean, at the moment, so it looks like from well, actually, interest, yeah. But he's off, as, as you say. It, it, either he's completely dead set on Lakers, or in fact he has actually now signed with the Lakers. Yeah, he's, well, he's gone to the Lakers. He's gone to the Lakers. He's pretty much all. Oh, I, I don't think it's absolutely confirmed, but yeah, he's he's likely gone. Uh, he's gone there. But um, I mean, he would potentially be like a very good fit if um, Toronto were able to land him. Exactly, but um, I guess now that's sort of the end with Reggie Jackson going to the Clippers, Markeith going to the Lakers. Uh, it would take a very unhappy Kevin Love, maybe. That would be that would be nice, but yes, uh, yes. Uh, not very likely, as we, as we probably know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as we said at the end of the last section, all looking very rosy. Uh, Vral, thanks for appearing once again. Shout out again to all our new listeners. Make sure you subscribe to us. We haven't got a Patreon yet because because uh, because. We don't, but if, if 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 you'd like to pay us money, then 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 let us know through Twitter DMs. Follow us <laughs> at the six, and yeah, make sure you give us five stars. We're on all good podcast hosts. Bro, thanks very much. I'll see you next week. Peace out, people. <laughs> <laughs>